This podcast is sponsored by Aurora Packaging Solutions, a global packaging solutions provider leading the transition to a more sustainably packaged future. They specialize in developing packaging and visual communication solutions that reduce the impact on the environment and bring sustainability goals to life. With a focus on partnership and service, they create a custom solution for your business. To learn more, please visit www.ororapackaging.com. Welcome to Sustainable Packaging with Corey Connors. Today's guests are from Cascades, and we've got two amazing people in the world of sustainable packaging. Candice, if you don't mind introducing yourself. Hi, thank you. Yep, my name is Candice Ruggiero. I work for Cascades Recovery, which is the recovery division of Cascades. I'm the corporate sustainability manager for the recovery division. So our team works mainly with building recycling programs and managing the material that comes into our 17 recycling centers across Canada and Northeast U.S. Wow, 17. That's a, that's a lot to deal with. Congratulations. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> and Matthew, welcome, sir. Yes, hello world. Actually, I'm Mathieu Roberge. Uh, I'm a technical director for a division of Cascade called SPG, Specialty Product Group. So basically everything that is not cardboard or tissue falls under that group within Cascade. So we make all type of packaging, both fiber-based and plastic-based. And I'm more on the plastic side of, of packaging design for Cascade. Excellent. And I'd, I'd love to hear more about your backgrounds. Matthew, would you tell us a little bit about how what got you to this point in your career? Sure, sure. I'm going to try to make a long story short. I've been with Cascade uh, 20 plus years. I st- my background is in polymer chemistry, so so basically plastic chemistry. I started with uh, the Cascade Tech Center, as I said, 20 some years ago. Back then, uh, Cascade was very, very green, I would say, on the fiber side. So uh, so we were making recycled cardboard already 20 years ago, even even longer than that. But on the plastic side, I was actually surprised when I joined. All the plastic we were using was virgin plastic, no recycled plastic at all. We were making polystyrene trays. So, so although these trays do have a lot of benefits, they're not the, the best, the, 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 the most likable trays, I would say, by, <laughs> by the, the, the general opinion. Very uh, true. So, yeah. so uh, over the last 15 years that I've been involved more with the operations and development on the plastic side, we did our best to, to try and change that and bring more sustainable options to the uh, to the table. Excellent. I'm excited to hear more about some of those sustainable options. How about you, Candice? What what brought you to this company and to this world? Yes. Yeah, so my background is in environmental science. But when I originally started my, my field of study, I was studying molecular biology and genetics. I was going to work in a lab by myself without people in my lab. <laughs> so, and I went to a university that was really strong in environmental science. And I switched my major. So much chagrin to my parents who said, you're not going to make any money in this in this division. Why do you want to work in the environment? And I really just wanted to be able to have a job where I felt like I was doing something better for the planet so that I could leave it in a better place. So from there, I ended up working in a lab, hazardous waste lab with wastewater treatment and lab packing hazardous waste chemicals. That's how I got into the waste industry. As you can imagine, it's not the most health conscious area to be in. So decided to switch over to solid non-hazardous waste and started, yeah, (laughs) and I started at Cascades Recovery. At the time, it was called Metro Waste Paper Recycling. Started there as a program coordinator, and that was 14 years ago. We were acquired by Cascades, I think maybe four or five years ago, where they really wanted to put a focus on the recovery division where they could 
bring the fiber that we were getting from the recycling center into Cascade's own mills. So yeah, so from there, I, I was working as a program coordinator for setting up recycling programs in office towers in downtown Toronto. And yeah, just kind of worked my way up from there, got more involved in the business, started working closely with the sustainability team at Cascades Corp. And then just recently, they decided to build that division within recovery as well. So that's a long story short, but yeah. Well, thank you for the work you do in the world of sustainability. It's important. Recycling has become a passion of mine. And I really appreciate when people talk about how they're recycling and then they're vertically integrated to use that recycled material back into the materials that they supply. Well done. Kudos to you. There's a lot of misconceptions regarding recycling. So it is important to know and to and to note that the ones who do work in the recycling centers are very passionate about what they do and try to ensure that the, as much material as possible that comes in there is actually recycled. Well said and very true. The people that I meet that are involved with MRFs or with recycling facilities or with any aspect of recycling are very passionate. And they don't, I haven't met somebody that says, oh, I just kind of like my job. Either it's, I love what I do <laughs> or or I'm I'm looking for a new job. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, true. That's, that's the it's one or the other, and almost all have been passionate in a positive way. So very exciting, and congratulations to your company on a honorable mention for the U.S. Plastics Pact Sustainability Awards. That's a really cool thing to hear. So well done to both of you. Thank you. And Thank Matthew, you. I'd love to speak a little bit about the, the plastics division. I'm familiar with the, the paper side of things. Can you tell us a little bit more about what you're doing that is sustainable? Sure, definitely. So so as I said, 20 years ago when I started with Cascade, I was a little bit shocked to see that on the plastic side, we were way behind compared to the cardboard side. Yeah. Uh, and instead of saying, oh, well, Cascade Plastic is not sustainable, I'm going to find a new job. I said, well, I might <laughs> as well try and change things from the, from the inside. So Good for uh, you. And, and we started actually uh, 15 years ago already. We launched uh, a first version of our polysarine meat trays that had uh, 25% uh, recycled content at the time. It was really a North American first. We were trying to take a, a, a product that had been made with virgin plastic for years and years and, and try and change the market. We actually succeeded quite a bit when a, one of the largest retailers in Canada decided that for a, for a bid that they had that Everybody had to bid with recycled content. So we were very proud of that to, to slowly kind of change the mindsets. And we've basically evolved from there. So the, the meat trays are still our core business. So we went from 25% recycled content polystyrene to 50%, all the way up to 100% recycled at some point. Then then COVID hit and the, the, the price <laughs> of, raw mater, of virgin raw material fell and we had to revert back to 50% to, to stay competitive. That's uh, one of the unfortunate uh, things that happen in the market. And, and then at the same time, we decided, okay, polystyrene was, uh, is what got us into that, uh, that meat tree business, but it might, it's not the only solution. It might not even be the best one. So we started looking at alternatives. So earlier in the year, we launched a 100% recycled again, but PET tray this time. So maybe a little bit more easy to, to recycle than, than the polystyrene, probably way easier as a matter of fact. And the one that you mentioned, actually, that one a terrible mention was another meat tray, but this time we're trying to go to go all in and to, to go back to Cascade's core business and do a cardboard meat tray. So that's, Very exciting. Uh, 
Yep, that's very exciting. That's very challenging as well, because as you know, fiber and, and liquids don't mix uh, too well. Nice. So uh, so it's it's a challenge, but we're getting there slowly. And and we really think that uh, that the future is bright for the meat trays with more options, more recyclable options. And at the same time, all of them we try to do with 100% recycled content because it's it's important for us to show not only that our trays are recyclable, but that they can be reused to make trays again. So that's excellent, and and it's exciting to hear when when companies are focusing on using recycled content and making materials that are recyclable again, because then we become truly circular in this world of packaging. So well done, nice job. Any exciting projects that you're working on that you can tell us about, or anything new coming up? Well, on, on, our end, on our end, it's really that transition. I mean, uh, from, from polystyrene to other to other substrates. To us, it's a journey that, that's going to take us probably a couple of years. I mean, we were one of the the, the biggest player, if not the biggest player in, in Canada for, for foam meat trays. So now wow. we need to change uh, everything to PET and cardboard. So it's uh, for a technical guy, it's quite a journey to change all the <laughs> machines and everything. But uh, we're getting there. We have an aggressive plan to make that change. And the, so far, the market seems to be responding very well. So that's uh, that's actually very exciting to see. Not only we have a new a new trade to offer, but the market really wants it. So it's it's really great. That's a good point, too, about the equipment needs to change. And that's one thing I'm hearing from a lot of companies like yours that are investing lots and lots of money into new sustainable packaging materials and items. Not only does the material have to change, but the equipment it runs on, the equipment that uh, the packers use has to change. Everything has to accommodate this new concept. So I think when people push too hard, you have to remind them, hey, this is really hard. (laughs) This is going to take some time. And this is probably where part of our success is coming from. I think we had to change our equipment to manufacture the trays, but we made a point of honor so that, that our trays still run on the regular equipment used with foam trays that our, that our customers still have, already have, sorry. So so they don't have really to change anything on their end, a couple of tweaks here and there, but no no new machines. So it does help speed up the transition, of course, uh, when, when we are the only one who have to invest. That helps a lot. And I know polystyrene has gotten kind of a black eye in the last few years, but it is very recyclable, but consumers don't really recycle it very well. So Candace, do you feel like the recycling markets are changing for the better? People are being more aggressive and recycling more? I think so. And I think that has to do with the conversations that recycling centers are actually being brought into these conversations when we talk about sustainable packaging. I think what was done in the past is that you would have manufacturers making a package saying, yep, this is this is made of recycled content. It's it's sustainably made. You can recycle it. You can put it in your blue bin. And this is goes back to what I was saying before about a misconception about recycling is that people believe that everything they put in that blue bin, once it gets picked up by their carrier and brought to their recycling center, that it gets recycled. When in fact, nothing can be recycled if there's no end market for that material. So if there's nobody that's willing to buy that material after it's been processed and bailed, then it's not recyclable. And and this is kind of what we're falling into with polystyrene. There's the end markets are not strong for polystyrene because there's not really much you can do with it once you're done. It's not it's not the same 
And I mean, uh, Mathieu can probably expand a little bit more about, you know, how easy it is to recycle number one and number two plastic just based on, on the types of polymers. But a number six or polystyrene is extremely difficult. It's light. It doesn't compact well. And the way the current system is set up is that material has to be bailed and sent to an end market for it to be recycled. Typical end markets require, you know, 40,000 pounds of the same type of plastic for it to be recycled. Now, if you think about how much polystyrene weighs, (laughs) (laughs) you're you're essentially transporting air just, just to get that material recycled if you can find a home for it. So, you know, I think consumers are becoming more aware of what's going on with, I hate to say end of life of their package, because if it's a truly sustainable package, there is no end of life. Right. Um, but you know, like they're, fall- yeah, they're, they're following that life cycle of the package and, and making sure that, I mean, we hope that they're making sure that when they're purchasing these things, that, that they're aware of what happens to it when they go to dispose of it at the end. Well said, very true. And very exciting to see that consumers are interested in helping with the process. And companies that manufacture and use packaging are excited to participate in this circular economy as well. Many have made a very serious claim saying, we're going to do this by 2025. We're going to do that by 2030. These goals of sustainability are coming quickly. Mm-hmm. It's very close to 2023 here, and we're excited to push and make sure that those companies do what they said they are going to do. <laughs> so, <laughs> Especially when equipment changes are, like Matthew was referring to, you know, it's it's the same thing with, with recycling. If you want a package to be recycled, understanding the equipment that we have available in our MERS right. really determines whether that package can be sorted and separated based on the equipment that we have. If packages are coming into the market that require different types of infrastructure, those conversations need to happen with us ahead of time so that we can prepare for that material to to enter the stream, right? So it's a lot of conversations that need to happen and are happening, but you're right. It's coming quick and we'll see. There's a lot more pressure (laughs) for sure. There's a lot more pressure for sure in terms of design and recyclability. So I agree. Matthew, any predictions for what's what's coming in the future that that's that's going to make this a better environment for sustainable packaging? Hmm. Uh, predictions, I don't know. Hopes, maybe. Yes. So, so, so I <laughs> hope that uh, with everything we hear about recycling, that's not always perfect. We're not just going to say recycling doesn't work. That would be uh, that would be, I think, a nightmare. Because although I I truly think that compostable could be a solution for some specific applications. I truly believe that when you have a great material like a plastic, you should not just burn it or compost it after one use. You should really Mm -hmm. try to reuse it as long as you can, as as much as possible. Although in some very specific applications, like think about catering and things like that, where food waste and packaging cannot be easily separated, then in, in applications like that, composting could be a good solution. But but for everything that goes through the blue bin, where, where the consumer has been trained, I would say, over the years to, to wash <laughs> the package carefully and things like that, I think composting is probably not the best. As a matter of fact, I kind of hope that, that that the market at some point is going to go to try and simplify rather than complexify. So, so not have uh, 20 different new bioplastics that are going to come and, and maybe uh, 
pollute the recycling in a way because it's not true that every consumer looks under the package and say, okay, this one is compostable, I'm going to put it in the right pile. This one is recyclable, I'm going to put it there. So, so really, I think the as a society, we need to to simplify packaging a little bit to make uh, Candice and other people doing recycling a job. <laughs> Very true, and such a <laughs> such an important point. I I did a poll on LinkedIn asking packaging professionals, "What do you do with compostable packaging when you're done with it?" And forty one percent said, "Recycle it." <laughs> That's a problem. <laughs> so That's a big this, problem. <laughs> I totally agree with you, Matthew. This is we're going the right direction. We're we're simplifying, we're making things more obvious. You know, we're people like Candace are are, are making the, the recycling of the materials more efficient. And it's an exciting time to be in sustainable packaging for sure. Any other stories you'd like to tell before we close the show here, either of you, or anything uh, you'd like you to want- speak about? Maybe one last thing, I can just mention that the end markets are important. I can give you a good example. When we started doing our recycled polystyrene tray, the toughest part of that whole journey was to find a good source of recycled polystyrene. Not so much to use it, but yeah. just to start start the wheel and find somebody who was willing to, to try and get material for us was yeah. really the, the hard part. So so. If everybody tries to use recycled material, then I guess the, the supply and the demand are going to start. And so that's why we're trying to, to, to use 100% recycled material in everything we do, because we want to make sure that that wheel is spinning and that we are generating a demand for that. Really, really important point. Very critical to the future of high PCR packaging is the supply of the post-consumer recycled material. Absolutely critical to the success of future generations of packaging. And uh, yeah, thank you so much, Matthew. Thank you, Candice, for being on the show. We we appreciate what Cascades is doing. Thank you, Landsberg Aurora, for sponsoring this episode. If you're listening, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And we appreciate it. Have a good day. Thank you so much, Corey. Thank you, Corey. This episode is sponsored by Specrite, the first purpose-built platform for specification management. So much has changed when it comes to packaging, and there's a new book to help you stay ahead of the curve, The Evolution of Products and Packaging, written by longtime packaging executive Mr. Matthew Wright, helps you unpack industry trends and explains how you can use data to drive packaging innovation and sustainability. Download your free copy today at specright.com backslash book. That's S-P-E-C-R-I-G-H-T dot com backslash book.